Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on Talk Sport. We are here once again. This is your new home for British boxing every single Saturday night right here on TalkSport. 10 o'clock, we get stuck into the, all the hottest topics. And because of Gareth's extensive contact book, we managed to acquire the greatest guest in the entire world. We, we, do you know something? I'm not doing any disrespect to Tyson Fury last week, but I think we're going up a level. I think we're going up a level, it, do you easy, reckon? Easy, Tiger. We don't want any battles with Tyson Fury next week, or at least before Christmas, you know? Listen. Um, we, can, we can always send our next guest in to spar with him maybe 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 uh, coming up on the show uh, we are going to be speaking to the man um, uh, behind top rank a man that has promoted uh, Muhammad Ali Hagler Hearns now looking after Lomachenko it is of course uh, the one and only Bob Arum he's going to be on the show a little later on we're going to speak to uh, Olympic sensation Joe Cordina he's going to be on the show as well we've got all the hot topics including uh, maybe the grand finale of Miguel Cotto coming up on the show and we will get stuck into a bit of UFC 218 uh, but right now the IBF Super middleweight champion of the world is currently sat alongside us. And I don't want him to talk yet. Just, just hold your horses, James. Just, just calm down a second, right? Because what I want to do now, I want to hand over to the man that is a little bit more poetic than me. As you can tell with my accent, I'm a little bit northern, right? I'm a little bit uncouth, my friend. And therefore, sometimes the words escape me. This man, as you can see, we've just been discussing his public schooling. He has got... You, you used to sit in Latin classes, didn't you, Gareth? You, well, I was the last person to be caned by my Latin master, actually. When he says cane, you actually mean struck, not actually I mean, high I mean, as a kite. That's what you mean, <laughs> don't you? That's what no, you mean. I did not smoke marijuana with my Latin master, okay. Taffy Phillips. No, he whipped a cane across my backside 12 times for telling him not, not, to, not to be picking his nose and flicking his bogeys out while he was marking listen, our essays. I'm not surprised. Now, listen. I listen, I'm still like that. I'm not changing. And this man, yeah. James DeGale, who you mentioned is not going to change. We have seen an extraordinary rise. He's had to go abroad and be a road warrior to become a world champion. He is the first, and this is amazing history here, the first British Olympic gold medalist to win a world title as a professional That's right. in history. Do you know something? If you were doing this in America now, people would be whooping in the background. Whoop, That's whoop, what they were whoop. doing. I'll do the whoops, you, you, you do the big up. What I love about him most of all these days is he doesn't do ballet classes anymore, which he once did. How does a, a kind of... A, a young gangster from Halsden do ballet classes. No. He's a mummy's boy. We'll come to that later. <laughs> I hope Diana's mum is listening right now. Absolutely. But more than anything, James DeGale used to say, I'm like Marmite. People love me or hate me. But you know what? This is a man who's proven himself over and over and over again. He's sitting to my right, a couple of feet away, and he looks 
fantastic, phenomenal, and we cannot wait to see him back after 30 months away fighting in America and Canada, fighting at home in the UK. Welcome. Thank you, Adam. Welcome, James Chunky wow. DeGale. Listen, what man. an intro. Ain't it, eh? <laughs> we has got to town on you there, man. <laughs> I told you you were poetic. You did the job there. You did the job. And you are right. You are looking well. First of all, let's get all the business out of the way, right? Because we haven't seen you since January. Yeah. Injuries, yeah. obviously. We've uh, you've had a nose job. Oh, you've mate. had a teeth. You've had your teeth done. It's I've like something that. It's like the only way is Essex, mate. Right it's, here. That's what's been going on. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. But I'm all healed up now, and that's the main thing. I had a nose operation after my last fight. I had a deviated septum. You're gonna have to uh, explain what that is. Oh, so Come basically, on. yeah, the cartilage in my nose yeah. up there was covering my nostril, my airway, so I couldn't breathe basically through through like my nose that, so that actually happened during the battle jack no fight, yeah? it was before that was happening before but just me like me being me i just left it i think the word is nutcase james yeah nutcase. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know then and then obviously my shoulder i had a uh shoulder uh, sh- shoulder surgery i had a uh, 180 degree tear around it my ac joint needed sta- stabilizing and i tear my rotator cuff as well so my shoulder was yeah was finished. Knackered. He wasn't, yeah. knackered. He wasn't, no. Put it this way, he wasn't scratching his own back yeah. in the shower no, very yeah. often. And and you were you. I mean, the thing is about it was your right shoulder in as well. Right and, and I think it's worth explaining to the listeners that yeah. you, it was your right shoulder. You're you're a southpaw yeah. stylist, if I can call yeah. it. You're a box fighter. Yeah. Um, you can do both. You box and you yeah. fight. You're beautifully fluent. Mm. But you use your right shoulder yeah. as your defensive shoulder, yeah. but also as your jab, yeah. which is your cornerstone well, of your work, isn't it? I'm a right-handed southpaw. Obviously, I'm my strongest hand is my right hand yeah, so yeah. I jab a lot I hook off my front hand mm-hmm. and in my last two fights against Medina and Badu Jack I couldn't do that at all literally I think in the punch stats I threw seven jabs in the whole fight that's crazy that's 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 madness so I'm just happy now mentally I'm so much better in training I just feel so much better I'm better mood imagine what this guy's camp- going to do Gareth right uh, imagine what he's going to do fully fit yeah well, right? I'm just excited uh <laughs> Adam, I'm just honestly, I really am, and I can't wait uh, until next week now. So, uh, well, well, hang on a minute, you've, you, you, you've done the septum, yeah, yeah, you've done the shoulder, yeah. We didn't mention the teeth, mate. Oh, the you know teeth. what I mean? The teeth, oh, the, the teeth, teeth created, the, they created the picture that everybody's had on their uh, Instagram. Yeah, that straight was after crazy. that Badu Jack fight. Yeah, Badu Jack. So basically, yeah. So a lot of people think I got my teeth, my two front teeth knocked away. It won't. It was a bridge. Mm. It was a bridge. So I got my thinking about the seventh or eighth round. I got hit with a nice uppercut. Uh, and my teeth fell out and I literally see him on the canvas and I had to that just shows you how strong mentally I am yeah. and I had to dig in and whatever because I had my shoulder my nose I couldn't breathe my teeth come out <sighs> but the teeth. other thing is Talk James to- the, 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 the other on. thing is um, you know it shows how resourceful and how Boxers come through adversity all the time. They have very high pain thresholds. Yeah. You're obviously explaining that by the, you know, going through the shoulder pain. I know you were barely able to jab in training camp before yeah. Badu Jack, who, let's be honest, beat George Groves. Mm. Um, and he's a big boy at super middleweight. Uh, I'm not joking. He's a big boy. He, he could fight. He's, he's yeah. the size of Tony Bellew. Yeah. He could fight a cruiserweight. Yeah. He's a very, very big man. Yeah. He's, very, he's a very precise, simple, powerful, yeah. strong of fighter who's that. grown and grown. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was a very close fight. Yeah. James... I don't know. Um, I had it a draw. It was a very close fight. James, funnily enough, the teeth, I'm going to have to admonish him about slightly. He was wearing a two 
pound gum shield, gum shield yeah, that you drop into a kettle yeah. to shape around you your teeth. Are you being serious? I swear to God, Mate, yeah. You're the super middleweight <laughs> champion of the world, James, right? I'm sure you've earned I a know. few quid to be able I to know. go to a special dentist you know to, make, to get a proper gum shield I've in. had them for the past, like, since I've turned pro and all, and all the way from my amateur career as well. And I just like it because it's a bit thin. It's thinner. Mm. It's thinner. That's why I like it. But mm. now I've been to the dentist. <laughs> now now me, you're wearing yeah. a Mitchell entire yeah, around your teeth. Now you've had the veneers done. Yeah, I've got a proper one now. So, yeah, hopefully no more teeth coming out. <laughs> yeah, I man. can't believe that. But, but what happened to those teeth originally way back then? Oh, was that so boxing or my, was that no, you no, just like so, a 10-year-old with the two front teeth? Mission? So when I first... Uh, no, that's my first job. I was a plumber. Yeah. And uh, my boss's friend was working with me. And he was a kickboxer, right? <laughs> Remember, I'm only 15 now. I left school when As I you was do. 15, yeah? And he was like, oh, kickboxing. He was showing me all these little kung fu moves. And I'm like, well, oh, shut up. I went, come on, let's spar then. Yeah. He was sparring. I put my, I, I threw, I don't know, a left hand or whatever. I put my head down. Bosh, knee in my teeth, yeah? <laughs> the tooth actually come up from the root. It was a whole tooth. I looked down. I started to cry. I was only 15. Like, that's it. So I'm never going to get a girlfriend again, oh, man. And the thing is, they actually they they, uh, they actually put the tooth back in. Yeah. But after two years, it just died and it was going black. So they just took it out. So messing so, about. So plumbing and kickboxing wasn't yeah. for you. Yes. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> but that was about the same time that you were at ballet school as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, actually, ballet school was a bit before. It weren't ballet school. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. speak drama acting. school. All yeah. Right. And I used to forget my ballet shoes anyway. I used to hate it ballet. I used to hate it, but... Listen, it was for the footwork, James. Just let, let's work on... It. That's yeah. what he was doing it for. Yeah, he was working yeah. on the footwork. Yeah. But you, know you were good at tap, fair, you were good at tap, you were good at American, yeah. you are good at salsa. Come on, you yeah, can dance, no, listen. baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, are, we go, are we going to see you on Strictly? Is that what maybe, we're going to see? Yeah. Maybe a couple of years ago, they actually... Uh, well, we was in talks for me to go on it, but... Uh, yeah, I wasn't ready just yet. Yeah. Yeah, just so when then, you pack all this in, maybe yeah, you're yeah, going to get definitely. the glitter on. Maybe, you're going to get yeah. the sequins. Yeah. Look, wh- yeah, why are you doing that, Gareth? You're doing well, a little bit of a pass of yeah. thing there, man. Um, he's done the hip shaking yeah. during a fight before. He, he, yeah. d- James would be awesome on Strictly Come yeah. Dancing. Mm. Strictly Come Dancing would be yeah. perfect. for maybe, you. Maybe, maybe, Gareth. We we'll see. You're very believe, shy, though. But you, believe you, it or not, Gareth. You know, I, I don't like all the, all this all the celebrity part of being a world champion and all the glitz in the gamut. Believe it or not, I don't. I love just boxing, achieving and earning loads of money. That's what I like. <laughs> and that's what it's you know, But I don't like... It's a job. The stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's I a don't job like the and you're brilliant. Comes, the fame yeah. that comes with like, it. Yeah, I get asked so, like, to do so many things like on telly, but I'm just like, nah, so of it. But I suppose you never know. Maybe when I'm retired, I may do bits and pieces. There you go. Well, we started that. Mm. So 10%, obviously, yeah. 10% or whatever you get out of this Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, James is going to stick around, right? Because we are, I know we've had a bit of a laugh about um, dancing and various things like that. But let's talk boxing because you're back yeah. in action next week. Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about next. Make yeah. sure you stick around. You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sport. And now set to make his way to the ring, Chunky James DeGale. James is going to have to figure out ways to oh, win the round in a slow pace. Right hand by DeGale that landed. Another right hand that DeGale sticks in the face of Lucien Boutre. Truex, he's good, he's decent, he's solid. But if I'm being honest, every time he stepped up to the highest level, he's lost. He's 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 been stopped by Danny Jacobs late on. He got stopped off the rail early on and he went... 12 rounds with uh, Jermaine Taylor so he's mixed it at a good level but every time he's stepped up he's been beat all three in favour of the winner 
le champion James Chunky don't get paid for overtime I'm getting in there and uh, yeah I want to put on a good performance and yeah I want I think I'm due a good standout dominant performance good shots good counters DeGale really showing championship class here Kenny James DeGale again another entertainer um, his last fight with Badu Jack was a good fight I watched that fight um, a fight that keeps improving yeah James DeGale man again he, don't get enough credit for what he's achieved. By unanimous decision, and now the new super middleweight champion, Chunky James DeGale. Listen, I'm going to win-win. There's so many good fights domestically for world titles. Uh, so, yeah, next year's my end. Uh, James is back in action next week. We've had to wait since January. Uh, that draw against Badu Jack was the last time that we saw him. Obviously, he's just been talking about injuries and getting himself back to full fitness. But you're chomping at the bit, aren't you, to get back in the ring? Oh, I can't wait. It's, it's basically, by the time I box, it would be nearly a year since I've uh, fought. So That's a long time yeah. for a guy in his prime like you. It is. It is. It is a long time a year. But I'm just over the moon. I'm injury-free now and... Mm. Mentally, I just feel so much better. And now you're obviously, you've obviously teamed up with Frank this time around. Yeah. Just explain, the for people that aren't too cl- clued mm. up on the promotional aspects yeah. of your uh, mm. career, mm. let's just go at that, because Al Heyman technically looks after you. Yeah, so it's simple, really. I'm a free agent, Yeah. Uh, and I'm advised by Al Heyman, who's he's, he's Let's he's be honest, well he's known. the man. Yeah, he's, he's the, the man. man. He's like well-known for being Floyd Maver's advisor. Uh, yeah, and he just deals with my business basically, and where I'm going to box. So he's also put you in a great earning bracket oh, as well, fantastic. which which is which yeah. is one of the big things for your of career, course. isn't it? One hundred percent. It changed things for mm. you. Like, I owe Al a lot because he's got me the right fights mm-hmm. and paid me extremely well. Uh, was was so, Eddie Hearn always just an advisor to you then, or was it a full promotional deal? No, it wasn't a promotional deal. You were just his yeah, client. Yeah, 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 and I just boxed on Sky. But listen, Eddie Earn's fantastic at what he does. He's great, uh, and maybe in the future I'll work with him. But at the at, right now, I'm I'm happy with Frank. Back full uh, circle. Where you no, but remember, yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I am. I am a free agent. I can mm-hmm. do what I want, kind of thing. But yeah, it's actually meeting Frank again and and seeing him. Uh, I've actually missed Frank. Frank. Mm, Frank. He's brilliant. Yeah, character, he's brilliant. man. He's been around for years. Yep. Uh, he's promoted some some wicked shows in the mm. past. And uh, yeah, he's a legend really in boxing, especially British boxing. So now I'm happy to be working with him. Top of the bill next week. My, mad as well that the BT are now involved, crazy. teaming up with Box Nation. Platform, Your, yeah. Mega platform the platform's there. crazy. Straight after the back of the football next weekend, it's mm. straight on to the, to, to the big car. There's some great fighters on there and you're top of the bill. Yeah, no, listen, the homecoming. This is this is the one that... I've Two and a half years, James, oh, man. You went 40 years. What yeah, have you been doing? Time, Messing oh, about mate. in America, lad. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I've, you know, I've really enjoyed going to America and fighting over there. Like, my last fight at the Barclays Centre in front of, like, 15,000 people mm. in the unification fight was unbelievable. It was, was a great atmosphere on the night. Yeah, it was amazing. Got, it was a terrific fight. But well. the funny thing is, as well, and this is what where where perhaps you've come over the hill in a certain yeah. way, in a good way, I mean, over the hump, is that that fight with your front teeth knocked out, the, the pictures that Adam mentions, yeah. that... People really started to love you after that fight because oh, yeah. Brit- British boxing mm. fans love it when one of their own has been mm. in a battle royal, yeah, yeah. and that was the toughest yeah. fight of your career, yeah. wasn't it? You know, well, beyond um, any beyond any yeah. doubt. Yeah, like I had to I had to show what I was made of in that fight. Mm. Uh, a lot of people doubted 
that I had that. And to be a top professional, yeah. to be an elite fighter, to go to the very, very top, you've got to have a bit of arsehole. Can I say that? I'm not sorry. You said it. You've said it. You're fine. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Or, all right. You've got to have you bottle. Got... You've got to have heart. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have it. But, but, but being able to show that, but you know you've got it. Being mm. able to show it's a different thing. I mean, there, there are a lot of questions coming in tonight mm. for you about would you prefer... Yeah. Uh, a rematch with George, George mm. Groves or a trilogy with Chris mm. Eubank Jr., for yeah. example. Which would you prefer of those? I'm easy. I'm easy. Whoever comes comes out the winner of the Super Series, I want to fight the winner. But listen, even the losers, mm. they're still brilliant fights domestically plus for world titles. So I'm easy, Gareth. I keep on getting answers question, but I'm yeah. not fast. I just want them to do their thing. On, Let me do my thing. On, on, me, on the me. series itself, because we had Callum. Didn't we? We had a couple mm. on a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about the series itself and we asked him, you must be gutted that James was injured and yeah. that he couldn't get involved in this particular mm. tournament because I'm guessing if yeah. you were fully fit, you'd have yeah. snapped your hand off and you said, yeah, I'll have a piece of, of this pie. I'd have got right involved in this that. This is a bit of me. This tournament, what, three <laughs> fights bit, in 11 months. Me. Yeah. No, Carlos Sauerland was saying there was no bones about mm. it. If you hadn't had the surgery, that mm. you would have been in there. It'd be as simple as 100%. that. 100%. Because the thing is, what, what, what I'm questioning, James, mm. is that you've made your name in America. Mm. You're, 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 ex- you're respected in America. Mm. There's no doubt about it. But you've done it the reverse way, mm. if yeah. you like. And, and, mm. and you know, you, you talk about your own modesty, and you are a modest man away mm. from the sport. There's no question about it. I know you're both in the sport and out of yeah. the sport when you're preparing to be a warrior, when we get to see you a few weeks for a fight. Yeah. But, you know, I know you want to earn millions. I know you want to, to, to be considered the number one super middleweight in the world. Yeah. But I want you to win over the British fans. I, I want you to I be know. in the reckoning for Spotty next year. I know, and I think I think that's coming, Gareth. I really do. Uh, believe it or not, I do have a lot of support. You'll see uh, next Saturday will be a sellout. There will be 8,000 people there. It will be a sellout. Obviously, the homecoming. I ain't boxed my own country for two and a half years, but it, mm. there will be a fantastic atmosphere. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Really, I, I, and I, hopefully it continues as well. Hopefully I do stay in London. Hopefully I do box the O2, maybe the Emirates, you know what I'm saying, in a massive fight. They're the kind of fights I want, and especially in the next couple of years. Because, you know, this is the country at the moment. You go to America, you know, mm-hmm. you're over there all the time. You know what they say about our boxing over here at the moment. They are yeah. flabbergasted. The media yeah. over there, the promoters over there, Bob Arum, yeah. Oscar De La Hoya, Luda Bella, all these guys, Al Heyman, they know that bums are, 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 are arriving on seats here for big of events. Course. And there are two or three massive... Mm-hmm. I know we've got Bob Arum on in, in 15 minutes' mm-hmm. time, and we're going to ask Bob about the Ramirez fight mm-hmm. for you, of course. Yeah, He's do. one of the other champions at the moment. But... You know, the Eubank fight, mm. uh, the Groves fight, the yeah. Callum Smith fight for you in the UK are massive. They're bigger. They are all, they are all massive, massive that's yeah. fights. You know, and we're kind of urging you to yeah. fight here. Mm. Yeah. Well, domestically, yeah. As I say, domestically, there's some fantastic fights, plus for world titles. Mm. So I'm and willing I'm willing to fight all of them. And I want to fight all of them. I've got so much history with George Groves that goes back. Uh, Chris Eubank's got a lot to say and his dad. And obviously, Callum Smith, you don't say too much, but uh, he's a quality fighter. So, mm. yeah, next year, as I say, man, I always say, I sound like a parrot, next year's my year. But next year, it looks like it's going to be a massive year. Next week's going to be your week, isn't it? Of course. Well, that, well Gareth, uh, that's where it starts. Uh, where it can, starts. I, can I just say, it's one of the reasons why, I, I don't know if Diane, your mum's listening tonight, but she's someone we all love. She she yeah. kind of helps manage you as well. Or yeah, I think she does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. She, yeah. I mean, she, she really, if I can say this, yeah. She's in charge. She's the boss, She's, yeah. And your, and your dad, Leroy, is like, uh, he's, he's always there with you as well, uh, and your sister whipped, as well. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> no, 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 I, got, I, got, I got a text from Diane before I got a t- text from you that you were coming on yeah. tonight. I thought, oh, he's definitely coming on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the funny thing is, you know, 
I want to know is, mm. are you been fighting abroad because mum and dad want to travel America all the time? Uh, <laughs> free holidays is that what it is nah never they're just they're just happy if I'm happy and obviously uh, the right fights were over there and I was getting rewarded for it so we just went abroad but listen yeah mum and dad are great man I'm a family man like, you my mum and dad mean everything to me my mum's the most important person in my life And I, can I say why because I've known you so long I've mm. known you since you were 10 years old mm. when it was Dale Youth and I yeah. came down Mick Delaney was it yeah of course Mick Delaney yeah. in that tiny chapel of rest in yeah, Ladbroke Grove yeah. well I came down did a piece on you and Groves was there as well yeah. kind of like yeah. didn't like each other from the yeah. very start yeah. um, and we need to see you fight again the thing for me about your mum and your dad is your mum is a beautiful woman, yeah. a brilliant woman, because yeah. where you grew up, it was yeah. very, very tough in Holston. Yeah. And there were there were there there was a lot of crack and a lot yeah. of guns and a lot of gangs at the time. Yeah. Seriously, weren't yeah, there? No, no, weren't and, yeah. and mum steered well, you away from that, didn't 20 she? 20 years ago, yeah. it was the gang couple, it was the gun capital of London. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, but listen, as I say, I've got a good family. I was brought up well. And I got uh, steered away from that and, mm. and took down the right path. But I could easily... Uh, got caught up in the wrong stuff. And so, and, uh, and the funny thing is, I want to kind of get this theme going tonight, Ad, mm. um, James, which is there's a lot of boxers who are mummies boys. Yeah. So if I, are you a mummies boy? Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, but I am. Literally, my mum's mom's like, she's like a diamond. She's a blinder. She's wicked. Yeah, I am. Well, what, is it, what is it like then? Let's, let, let's be honest, right? Like, mm. Away from boxing, because you're a good looking boy. Mm. I'm sure that you get a little bit of attention. Let's of be course, straight. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no boys, do that. No ways. Ways. No, oh, I'm oh, 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 I am married to boxing now. Do you know oh, why? Oh, oh, right, because, right. because, but, do you know why? Because women, yeah. I get to know them. Watch what you I like now. them. No, <laughs> I like them. I get yeah, to know them, and all my girlfriends end up being jealous of my mum and how close I'm. Well, Honestly, this is, this is what I was going to be. And like my family bond, and that. it's like, uh, how so soon after I'm you meet a new girl does Diane vet them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's on it, mate. My mum. She's like Jay. I'm not too sure about her. Oh, yeah. But nah, it's all good. Do you know what? No, but on a serious note, I am. Like, I've just got to concentrate on my career. It's a selfish Women sport, come, isn't it? it? It's, 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 you don't play... Look, we're going to talk mm. about this later as well. You don't play mm. boxing. Mm. You do it. You sacrifice it. You endure it. You get hurt yeah. in it. You get your teeth knocked yeah. out. You get your shoulder yeah. ripped. Yeah. You get your nose broken up. Yeah. Your, de- your septum deviated. <laughs> you know? And the whole while... Yeah. And the whole while... Yeah. If you have got children at home yeah. screaming and your wife saying, yeah. well, have yeah, you been in yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from yeah. because you are dedicated to of this course. craft. No, mm-hmm. I've got, yeah. And they're just, they're just hard work anyway. You know, my past like, girl, like, girlfriends, they just drive me mad and there's no point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and in camp, I'm moody and grumpy and whatever. And out at camp, they don't see me because I'm out socialising, doing this, doing that with the boys. So... There's no point, mate. I That's it. Plenty of time for that, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell, you another, I'll tell you another mummy's boy, though, because we're going to keep on the theme tonight. Mm. And, it, and it ain't a bad thing to be a mummy's boy. We're going to talk about Joe Lewis, the greatest heavyweight, I believe, mm. boxer of all time, yeah. the Brown Bomber. Mm. Um, I think one of the great cornerstones of his life was the fact yeah. that he was a mummy's boy yeah. as well. And Evander Holyfield as well. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, you know, nothing wrong with that. And even Namir yeah. Khan in the jungle at yeah, the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His mum yeah. used to get the spiders out of his room for yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, listen, Amir Khan uh, really, really <coughs> come across well. I've really enjoyed bossing, watching yeah. him. Yeah, no, he's great. Listen, before, obviously... Before you clear off, mm. I want to talk about Caleb Trix, which is mm. coming up next weekend. Yeah. Uh, now, there will be certain fans that are going, why is James fighting Caleb yeah. and stuff like that? My point on that yeah. would be, 
well, everybody that we want to see you fight yeah. is tied up, really, course, with the yeah. World Boxing Super Series. So it's kind well, of I've nice. got a bit of stick as well, if I'm being honest, Adam. For like, but listen, you've got to give me a touch. Look at my last four or five fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On uh, the on the road, on the road, and he's still ranked in the top fifteen. Mm. Uh, and he's been in with some good opponents, Taylor, mm-hmm. Darrell, and Jacobs. Mm-hmm. But when I get past him, the first fight, the first stop in 2018. It's hopefully Benavides for the WBC world title. So just give me a touch. Let me get past him and then we can move forward. Ne- next year is a massive year and it won't be. It would be proper names, titles, uh, yeah, a massive fight. So, so your first start, 2018, you're looking to unify. You're looking to become the WBC and IBF champion. 100%. Benavides, dangerous young fighter who's just become dangerous. the WBC. 22. Yeah. He's Mexican. He can whack. He loves a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's game, hungry, ambitious. So, yeah, but... They're the kind of fights I want. And then off the back of that, and mm. obviously we've already spoke about it, yeah. they're doing whatever they're doing in the World yeah. Boxing Super Series, but the winner of that World mm. Boxing Super Series will come out as yeah. the WBA Super Champion. Yeah, yeah. And that's the one. You've got to have a nausea at that as well. Three belts on the line against the two best in the world in the division. That's the one. And even and even after that, Adam, you have the losers. Say if the the loser the loser that uh, either Grace yeah, or yeah, George yeah, 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 yeah. or Callum or whoever like, I'm willing to fight anyone, there's, anyone. There's but three, I'm fed up I keep on going over and keep on talking but there's there's three brilliant just... there's three brilliant fights mm. for you there James seriously and and they're yeah. also fights that will resonate with yeah. the British public and 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 you know it, it's your history making yeah. time in your career that's it it's now. legacy time now isn't it yeah. yeah you've done the belt. Yep, that's it. It's about earning yeah, yeah. a few quid, securing yeah. your future, yeah. and creating that legacy. That's what it's T- about. Tony Bellew's just tweeted us, guys. As he- um, hashtag the champ yeah. to you, oh, James DeGale. And you are the number one in the division, and oh. rightfully so at the moment. Oh, rightfully cool. so. And, and you've also said to me, you want to be considered the number one pound for pound in yeah. this country as well. Of course. Well, yeah, it's difficult. There's some great fighters, but uh, I believe with what I've achieved so far... I don't want to go through my record again or whatever, but uh, yeah, no, I've done... I'm, what, 23 I'm wins, one draw, one loss to George Groves that a lot of people didn't have you losing by majority there you go, decision. There you go, Olympic gold as well. Olympic gold, title. European. Yeah. All right. But it's only just started, trust me. I've still got a good couple of years left where I can go on and get more world titles and, and uh, yeah, achieve a lot more. So I'm looking forward to it. So what, come on then, 12 months to 18 months, what's the plan? How, how long are you going to be doing this for? Well, I've always said that uh, as soon as I've made enough money, well, I never have to work again. And my mum and dad never have to work again. I'll give up, but Or if I'm you meet a girl, hungry. you decide you can have kids with her, probably yeah. be the end as well. Yeah. He's just told us that's yeah. not happening, man. <laughs> no, He's no, 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 no. If Diane approves of oh, her, yeah, if Marge, yeah. it's job done, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love your mum, i got to say, and your dad. They are She's brilliant. Great. It's brilliant to see mm. a family. Mm. No, because we see so many. We see so many f- families mm. breaking up around mm. a boxer mm. doing very well, and it's mm. brilliant that there's the unity has always yeah. been there in your family. Yeah. And I know from covering your entire yeah. career, and yeah. also you as an amateur, mm. that they've never been anywhere else, no. and they've always been solid. Yeah. And it's worked with the promoters and the managers yeah. as well. It's a brilliant. It's a brilliant unity, James. It's a brilliant setup. But you know what I'd call it. Ride or die, like they're there for me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You know we ride or we die. That's it. And yeah, like I, I owe my mum and dad a lot. I don't want to get all emotional, soppy. Come on, get no, all emotional. Let's hear you crying, no, radio. Come on, James. You know what I'm saying, like, come no, on. I do. They're like, they're very important. Very important. Good man. Listen, yeah. 
We appreciate your time tonight. Thank yeah, you so no, much. No Will problem. you come again? Anytime. Will Gareth, you come on again? Any, anything for you. Well, listen, Gary. What we got? <laughs> and you, Adam. Afterthought. Listen, what we're going to try and do? We're going to try and be there at the Copper Box next please. week. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Do the show live yeah, from there. Yeah, yeah. So once you've won, after the fight, you'll have to come backstage and be on the be on the back end of the show. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you for having me. Now, sweet. And don't forget, make sure you listen on the way on because we're going to speak to Bob Arum now, right? And we're going to sort the Ramirez fight out. Please do. Are we all right to do a 10, 15 percent? Is that what we're all right to do? Eight percent. <laughs> negotiating his own stuff free agent that's how they roll uh, James the girl the IVF super middleweight champ stick around Bob Aaron's on the show next don't go anywhere uh, you listen to fight night on TalkSport. If you've only just tuned in, where have you been? Where have you been? James DeGale, the super middleweight champion, has just been in the studio. You can listen to this again on podcast. We'll put the links all over our social media at the end of the show. And if you listen to this on podcast, that might sound a little bit weird. I apologise for that. Um, I'm obviously with uh, Gareth A. Davis, who is just <laughs> who was just whipped out. The uh, the largest. <laughs> I'm going to take a photograph of it and put it out on Twitter. Actually, it's no, it's, it's a. Can I can, wait a minute? Right. If people are like, uh, it sounds quite ambiguous the way that I'm wording this, right? I've just said that you've whipped out the largest, and you said no, that you're going to take a picture and of something. I, and I have, and, and it's really, it... really large. Right. Well, no, it, it, it's a piece of paper is what you have whipped out, right? And it is all your notes uh, for tonight's show. Is this right? Yeah, it is. And this is this is where you're at right at this moment in time. And mid show, you're asking me to take pictures. Listen, the ego is flying tonight. There you go, mate. I've done it. No, no. The, what, what happens, Ed, when you've worked for the Telegraph for 25 years and you're used to reading a newspaper of this size? It's a big, a big when you unit, write yeah. your notes, yeah, you end, you need it on this kind of broadsheet size. Um, I don't know what went wrong with me tonight, but I just started scribbling notes all over this giant piece of paper. And um, so if the show does sound a bit rambled, certainly from my brain, it's only because I'm trying to read from a broadsheet sheet. But you know what? Mm. I've got to say, and we were just talking about it in the break, James DeGale is some fella, isn't he? He's a good boy. He's, he's so classy and so interesting. And, um, you know... I just hope he listens to the right advice about fighting those three men in Britain, Chris Eubank Jr., George Groves, and Callum Smith, because those are the kind of fights right now that can get people to football stadiums. Well, this is it. And and do you know something? We spoke about this on many occasions on this show, and it's short existence, and hopefully we go on for many, many a year, my friend. Uh, But one of the things that we bring up on a regular basis on the show is politics within boxing. Now, just speaking to James there, he seems... Mm. I mean, you've known him a lot longer than me, but he seems switched on, savvy kid. He knows that this is his life, his business. He's taking control of his own stuff. He's with the right guy in Al Heyman as an advisor. We know what he's done for Floyd Mayweather. Al Heyman's a, an enigma within himself. He's a guy that's never, ever pictured. You never really see him anywhere, but he's always there behind the scenes, pulling the strings and making serious money for his fighters. And that's the, that's what it is at the end of the day. This is a business. Nobody wants to get punched in the face for free. You want to get out there and you want to make a few quid and make your life beautiful for the rest of your days once you call in retirement. And James seems to be in that place. He's got his head switched on. He's in the right direction. And because he's not necessarily connected in the UK to one specific promoter or TV deal, 
he's now free to negotiate with whoever he wants. Whoever's connected to wherever, he can fight on any platform, as he just mentioned there. He can go back to Skype if he wishes to. He can free, but he can freelance for BT Sport and Box Nation, Absolutely. that new alliance, which is, which is doing a brilliant job, frankly, with boxing. But uh, as you say, ITV have dipped their toes into the water with this um, Super Series, with yeah. the Muhammad Ali Trophy, and, you know, they're going great guns with that. I'm not sure that I agree that uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the, the George Groves-Chris Eubank fight is worth 30 quid on on pay-per-view frankly because i think they're early in those days i think they should be teasing out a little more but there are fights there for him on all of those major networks and as he said quite cleverly i thought and quite politically he could work with eddie hearn as well and you know the thing is about james i think what James always sounded bitter that he wasn't getting what he deserved. That, that, and he felt like that for years and years. But once he went to America, he won the world title. He fell in with Al Heyman and it worked for him. James is getting paid, probably still not fully what he's completely worth. Because mm. he is clearly, he, he, James has the potential to be amongst the top 10 pound for pound in the world. If Carl Frampton was in the top 10 pound for pound in the world uh, last year, yep. if James DeGale goes on long enough and achieves enough, he has the potential to be in the top 10 pound for pound. People can say whatever they want to me on Twitter or whatever right now. He has that potential. He can box and he can fight. And against Badu Jack, he showed that he's got an incredible heart. Mm, absolutely. And quite fortunate as we've spoken about in the past certain fighters in certain weight categories for example the reign of Vladimir Klitschko didn't necessarily get the perfect dance partners in order to I know his legacy cemented but we're talking about super super legacies James DeGale is very very fortunate that he's in a weight category now where there are some super fights there's a there's a lot of narratives as well within especially here on these shores we know about the George, uh, the George Grove situation with uh, him and James the Chris Eubank thing as well that'll uh, nicely bubble along and the young up and comer in Callum Smith we can't forget Callum Smith because there's four lads there in the super middleweight division who are supremely talented for me at this moment in time I think we've all got to agree James is the boy James is the boy out of those four but there's going to be people up and down the country because James has been away for two and a half years of Maybe forgot about him a little bit. Now it's a case, next weekend, fighting for the first time in the UK for two and a half years, establishing, listen, I might have been away, reigning in somebody else's back garden, but I'm here to uh, establish myself in my own front garden this weekend, and I'm going to show you the best super middleweight on the planet is. Well, you talk about promotion, and um, you know we touched on it when James was in here slightly earlier in the show with, with Amir Khan. Like, he's, his stock has clearly fallen. He should have taken the Kelbrook fight. Ego, again, talking about boxing politics, mm. um, getting in the way, you know, he's the A-side, no, Kelbrook's the A-side. That was a massive fight they both missed out on. I mean, I, I, mean, I got sick and tired. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Eddie Hearn got sick and tired. I got sick and tired of asking questions about it. No, frankly, because it was just one of those fights that just should have happened. Um, and, you know, if you wanted to lay the blame, it looked like Amir was avoiding Kel because Kel clearly wanted the fight. But, Maybe behind the scenes, Cal wasn't getting enough money, this, that, and the other. It all gets in the way of big fights happening. What we've seen, and I wrote about this in The Telegraph a couple of weeks ago, because David Hay manages to manage to do it. When he came back from Dusseldorf, uh, sorry, from Hamburg, 
in 2011 with his tail between his legs after saying he was going to de- decapitate, in inverted commas, Vladimir Klitschko and claim the world's lineal world heavyweight title. And David had the wrong tactics on the night and brought his big, his um, one of his big little feet toe. out. Yeah, yeah his big feet out, but showed his little toe as the reason why he lost the fight. It was a terrible PR blunder at the time. Um, you know, he was just being honest that he couldn't, he didn't have mobility, but it just didn't work. He went into the jungle in uh, in I'm a Celebrity. And he came out a star mm. and he relaunched his career. And I think, you know, rather like James has got the opportunity, James DeGale, uh, the opportunity to relaunch his career in the UK now. And I really think he should. We've really seen in the last week, Adam, that Amir Khan's um, pathological fear of snakes and spiders, his arachnophobia um, <laughs> has created, as it always does on that show, a brand new audience for this great young kid from Bolton who was, you know, the, the, one of the first Muslim fighters to to really wear the Union flag at the Olympics and win a medal and, and really represent Britain in a brilliant way as a British Muslim uh, and, and change the landscape in many ways and be a pioneer in some ways. And, you know, the thing is for Amir, I really think he's going to come out of the jungle now because he's you know, swallowing snakes, spiders, widgety grubs and, you know, puking and stealing strawberries when he can with uh, Ian Lee of Talk uh, Talk Radio. Yep. Um, he's going to come out a really big name and his stock will have risen again, exactly like it did for David Hay. And I'm absolutely delighted for him. Plus, Faryal Maktoum, his, uh, his wife, apparently, we were talking about this before we came on air, and this is a lovely thing. We were both very pleased about this, has made up with his family while he's been in the jungle because it so, looks yeah. like they're, they're working together looking after the kids or, mm. or her pregnancy and their one child. So it's weird how, how things work out because it could have been a disaster in there. Mm. But I've got this theory that boxers, when they go into training camp, they deal with hardship, not eating enough food, uh, having to starve themselves, being, dealing with boredom, almost like being in a cell for eight weeks. And it's not that difficult. Phil Tufnell didn't find it difficult, did he? You know, And when he won the second series of I'm a Celebrity, I don't watch this show all the time, by the way. Yeah, you do. You're obsessed. <laughs> uh, and um, kind of uh, quite nice with the narrative of Amir Khan being in the jungle. This week, we're expecting news on Kel Brook, uh, who is stepping up to £154. That was confirmed last week, but we're expecting an announcement regarding his first fight at £154 at Super Welter at some point this week. And I've no doubt in that press conference, there will be chats on Amir Khan. Because hopefully, one day we might just see those two protagonists in the same ring together stick around i'm led to believe we managed to locate bob arum he's going to be on the show next fight night with adam catterall on talk sport Uh, now when it comes to uh promoters extraordinaire I don't think there's anybody better in the world than our next guest. Is there, Gareth? No, there isn't. He is a legend. It's always a pleasure to work with him, Adam. And, and it's a privilege to have him on our show. Six decades in the sport. I don't want to make him sound, you know, <laughs> like an old turtle. But uh, but uh, but uh, Bob Arum is an absolute legend in this sport and one of the geniuses in, in modern boxing. Mr. Arum, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? You good? Well, I'm great after that kind of introduction. <laughs> Well, Bob, you know, I mean, I've worked with you for many years and, and you know, I've, I've picked your brain about, uh, I mean, I've loved the, the whole Manny Pacquiao journey. Now we've got Vasyl Lomachenko, but obviously, you know, as much as I have that I, I picked your brain on the likes of Hagler, Leonard Hagler, um, uh, um, 
Hearns, Hearns, Hagler, Hearns, Ali over the last 20 years getting the stories from you. And, uh, you know, you seem to be able to find these amazing fighters all the time. And at the moment, of course, we're on the cusp of seeing Vasyl Lomachenko making history, fighting Guillermo Rigondo in the theatre at Madison Square Garden next week, where you've pitched two double Olympic gold medalists together for the first time in history. That's correct. It's a historic night. It will be. Uh, I, I'm looking for a very exciting fight. And, you know, 10, 20 years when people talk boxing, uh, they'll refer to this fight because it's never happened before. Where two guys each have in two Olympic gold medals face each other in a professional boxing ring. As you look back on your uh, career, Bob, of, of matchmaking, do you look at this one as a, a significant milestone? Because, like you said, it's history in the making next weekend. Well, that's the point. It is, it is very, very historic. It is something that I was absolutely delighted to put together, and uh, it will be a, a great part. It'll be a great fight, and it'll be great for boxing, but it will also be a significant part of my legacy. Bob, um, one, I was on the conference call with um, Guillermo Rigondo and uh, Vasil Lomachenko on, uh, I think it was Wednesday this week, and one, you, you know, you, you were fully promoting uh, Rigo, the Cuban double Olympic gold medalist who's, who's had, I don't know, what, 17 fights, 19 fights in seven or eight years as a pro. He was, I, I, I'd only too rude to him, but he, he was a bit of a joke on the conference call because he doesn't, he's always on a crappy cell phone. You can't hear him and he, and he doesn't answer questions. What is, and then he complains that he doesn't get enough promotion. I mean, am I barking up the wrong tree with, about him here or not? Unfortunately, he is a product of the Cuban sports system. They were very regulated. They have extremely different views on sports. Uh, uh, they were trained uh, to pile up points and then to stink out the place on their way to a victory. Mm. Totally different from the Eastern Europeans that you know ultimately came from the from the same uh, you know communist system. But an Eastern European fighter, not only can he be defensive, but he's always looking to destroy. His opponent. Well, that's what we've seen and with Vasyl Lomachenko, is, though, isn't it? That's what we exactly, see with Vasyl. Exactly. He, he, he works out his opponent. He, he is, right. They, but then the others aren't as skilled as Lomachenko. Lomachenko really epitomizes that Eastern European style. Where does um, Vasyl rank amongst all the elites that you have had in uh, uh, as part of top rank and that you have looked after over the years? I mean, for me, at the moment, he's the pound-for-pound pound best on the planet. People might argue against me, but where does he rank for you? He's got things you? to prove yet first, Ed. Come on. Where, where does he rank for Vas- you, Bob? Vasil Liam Lomachenko, I've been doing this for over 50 years, and Vasil Lomachenko, next to that early Ali, before he was prohibited from fighting for three and a half years, that early Ali that uh, was over in England and fought uh, the title fight with Henry Cooper, Mm. Brian London, and then Mildenberger. Other than that, Ali, and maybe even better than that, Ali, but certainly since that early Ali, best fighter I've ever seen. (sighs) 
Yes. If Bob, Bob Arum agrees with me. No, but I t- no, 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 no. Listen, I'm, listen, I'm not saying he will, won't go on to be the pound for pound number one in the world, but there are things. Look, this is one of those fights. I want him to hunt down Rigo. No one's been able to hunt down Rigo, get him in a corner and destroy him. Mm. I'm looking for a stoppage, and I'm sure Bob is, because the last thing Bob wants is Rigo stinking out the joint in, in, in Madison Square Garden and running from Vasil Lomachenko for 12 rounds mm. and it being 128, 108 on all three cards. Bob's uh, looking uh, for it. First of all, Rigo, Rigo is, that's not Rigo's style. Rigo is a very, very smart fighter. The mm. problem is his philosophy. So he will know that he's not piling up points on Lomachenko. Indeed, he is behind on points and he will then fight for the entire fight until hopefully, in my view, he's stopped. Yeah, so I, I, it will be yeah. an exciting, exciting fight. So you, you look at all of Rigo's fights, he, he dominates his opponent, and then he stops fighting because he's already won the fight. Bob, on um, next week, obviously, we've got Michael Conlon on there. I don't want to go too deep into that because Michael Conlon's on that uh, particular card. Just quickly, what's happening with Terence Crawford? Obviously, he's stepping up to 147. Well, the the yes, he, Terence is, is is stepping up to one four seven. Uh, the day after Rig, uh, Rigo and Lomachenko fight, uh, I'm on a plane to Australia Wednesday night uh, in uh, Brisbane. Uh, Horn will defend his title against York. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kid uh, Corcoran. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, the WBO has mandated that Crawford is the number one and the winner has to fight Crawford. And so I will be arranging that fight uh, for uh, Crawford, uh, 
within the first three or four months of next year. Finally, Bob, in 10 seconds, um, how close is Parker, Joseph Parker and um, Anthony Joshua to being made? Because we've got to go in 10, 15 seconds. I believe Higgins is over there talking with Hearns as we speak. I'm hopeful that this weekend it'll be concluded. And don't minimize Parker. Parker is going to give Joshua, who is very, very good, a run for his money. It should be a tremendous heavyweight fight. Top man. Bob Arum. Absolute legend. Thank you so much for being on the show, sir. Much appreciated. You're listening to uh, Fight Night on TalkSport. Still plenty to come. We're going to be speaking to uh, uh, a young hopeful just starting out in the game, straight fresh out of the Olympics, doing his thing uh, on that 13th uh, in London. Joe Coydin is coming up soon. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on TalkSport. Every Saturday night, this is the new place for British boxing. Make sure you come and join us from 10 o'clock through till midnight. Myself and Gareth A. Davis uh, getting stuck into all the big stories. And we try our very best to get on the very best guests. A little earlier on in the show, uh, we were speaking to James DeGale. Uh, we've already had the man in charge of top rank on the show, Bob Arum. So if you're just tuning in, this will be available as a podcast. Uh, we'll get that link up for you as soon as possible so therefore you can enjoy those conversations from a little earlier on. And those conversations continue now as we uh, maybe um, turn our attention to someone at uh, a different time in their career. Obviously, Bob's been at this for such a long period of time. James is established now as a world champion looking to cement a legacy. And we've got a young man on the show right now who's just starting out wanting to maybe begin uh, and be- get himself to the levels that James DeGale has uh, hit in previous times. And you know what, Adam? Have you turned your microphone He's, round? You've turned your no, microphone the wrong no, way around. D- listen, there you I, go. D- listen, let me just say, it was not me, sir. Okay, all right, go on, carry on. I'm looking at you, Mr. Smith. Anyway, this guy is from the place where they breathe fire. You're not going to do impressions. Yes. Though. When we get this, a guest on from this, various parts this of life, guest, you can't do an impression of him. This guest. No, no, I'm not doing an impression of him, but this, is, this guy is from the land. You're doing an impression of him. Don't do an impression. When the butterfly... <laughs> They breathe fire. Well, anyway, I'll let you speak to Joe Cordina. Well, let's, well, let's get him on. Let's get him on. Joe Cordina, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Uh, I've, I, guys, how is it? I'm very well, mate. <laughs> See, it, I've, I've been creasing for the last two minutes. Listen, <laughs> I can only well, apologise for my esteem. No, no, he's loving it. Comes. He means he's loving it. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's quite a good impression, actually. Go on, Gareth, go on. G- give, me, g- give me a little bit of the old uh, the Welsh. Well, no, it's, it's, a, it's a great, famous quote from Scott Quinnell, isn't it? Joe will know this. Well, where, well, where Scott Quinnell is motivating this group of young upstarts into um, trying to change their lives in a rugby team. And he talks to them, and it, it, it basically it, it relates to the Lions playing as well. And it's about, in Wales, when, the, when you feel the butterflies in your stomach, and you Brett, get the Brett, butterflies... And everybody's singing Bread of into, Heaven. Yeah, is of that course. Yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. hey. Yeah, hey, yeah. Yes, we are. Okay, carry on. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. Did we beat? Did we beat uh, South Africa today or not? Carry on. Yeah, yeah. yeah we did actually. There we go. There we go. Let's get <laughs> it in. Twenty-two, twenty-one. There we go. When, when the butterflies get in formation, mm. 
they become dragons <laughs> and they breathe fire. Joe knows what I'm talking about. Ad- Listen, this kid's from Blackburn. He does not know what I'm talking about. I'm not from the valleys. We're talking. We're talking Celt here. I ain't from the valleys. He's from Cardiff. Proper boy. Proper boy. Listen, Joe. First of all, I know that he just witted on about butterflies and dragons and all sorts of stuff there for a couple of minutes. But what I want to talk to you about, my friend, is that it's been your birthday this week, hasn't it, boy? Hey. Hey, this is the second today. Yeah, it was yesterday actually. There you go. Yeah, yes, yesterday. So no. yeah, um, I was busy in the gym. I didn't uh, get to celebrate it, but the life of a boxer. You know what I mean? I'm so. gonna say it must be a nightmare. Nightmare being a boxer. Birthday. If you've got a fight book for January, that must be an absolute nightmare as well over the Christmas period. At least you're getting yours out of the way, mate. December the thirteenth. You're back in action. Yeah, of course. Um, Obviously, I just want to be as busy as possible. Um, my birthday, I'm, I'm 26 now. It's just another day. Um, when I was a bit younger, you say your 15s, your 16s, you sort of, you can't wait until your birthday comes around, but it's just another day for me. I'm 26. I just want to get that, get my birthday over and done with and then crack on um, and, and, and concentrate on training and um, looking forward to my fights. So. Sounds, like, sounds like, he sounds like Eminem rapping, doesn't he? He sounds like Eminem, just 26 now. Um, listen, you, how how did it feel fighting at the Principality Stadium, Joe, on the on the uh, Takam Joshua undercard? Oh, it was amazing, amazing. Um, obviously, since I started boxing and I watched Joe Calzaghe, um fight there, mm. it's just everything that a Welsh boxer wants. He wants to fight in um, the Millennium Stadium, which is now the Principality. Um, but they want to win world titles there. For me, it's come a lot earlier than I expected. I'm in my fourth, no, my fifth fight, I'm fighting in front of 75,000 people. Um, it wasn't how I expected it to go um, because of, uh, I was afloat. And yeah. I was mm. meant to, I was meant to fight for a title, which it didn't end up coming off and everything was a bit rushed. But um, nevertheless, if you said to me, what do you want to do? Do you want to box at the start of the night with no, no one there? Yeah. Or do you want to fight in front of 75,000 people? I'm going to pick the 75,000 people. I felt for you a little bit, mate, because like you say, it's your, it's your home city. It was, yeah. it did seem a little bit rushed, obviously, because of certain fights going on a little bit longer than other than we expected him to do, and you were rushed on just before Josh. But like you say, the stadium, man, was absolutely yeah, packed. It, it was it was lit that, that, that night, and um, it was just an amazing feeling, and I had a great reception, which... Um, yeah, I you did. Before. But you go back, you, you mentioned Joe Calzaghe there. Remember, Joe fought down the undercard when Bruno and... Um, and and Lewis fought mm. as well. You know that that you you have to start somewhere, and you course, you know you, you, you the experience is what will stand you in great stead with that. Yeah. The the one of the things I wanted to ask you, we, we had Bob Aram on just now, and um, obviously he's got Vasil Lomachenko against uh, uh, Guillermo Rigondo at the the Theatre yeah. Madison Square Garden next week, Joe. Um, I'm arguing with Adam that uh, I don't believe that Lomachenko should be considered number one pound for pound in the world right now. He's got more to prove. I think he is brilliant. How do you rate him? I mean, there's a pro- it, you know, within the scope of your career, you could end up with a Lomachenko fight. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, I've got a lot of work to do um, to get to that level. Um, first, I need to win world titles, but that's where, where I'm aiming for. I want to get to them big fights, be in them big fights and win world titles. But... Um, yeah, he's an unbelievable fighter. I've watched him since uh, I started in the amateurs, um, and he was at the top of the top of the game then um, as an amateur. Um, won Olympic titles, world titles, European titles, and I won a European title in the same way he won a European title in. So um, 
it's just I'm 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 trying to follow the footsteps that he was um, that that he was taking. So yeah, he's a great fighter, but like you said, I think he he needs to prove that a little bit more at the the highest level, which this I think will will sort of put him in that um, that bracket in the top three of pound for pound, and maybe put him at the top of the pound for pound. But um, yeah, it's, it's different people's opinions, and um, yeah, I think he's definitely up there um, in the top three. Who's your number uh, one at the moment then? For me, um, for me, I, I my favorite fighter at the minute is um, uh, Jorge Linares. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that that you could argue that could be in in the in the in the top. And you got um, uh, Golovkin. He's he's proven in, and he that was a close fight between him and Canelo. And mm. I, I thought Canelo um, and and Golovkin in, in the top five for me as well as um, Jorge Linares and and, and Vasily Lomachenko. But it's different people's opinions, different people's how people view people's styles, and it's yeah. From from my opinion, them them four boxes there um, uh, for me are in the top. The top um, five pound for pound. Well, it's it's twenty questions for me for for Cordino the Dragon tonight, and I want to <laughs> ask you this one then: um, Who wins out of Carl Frampton and Lee Selby? Um, he's not going to back against. Fighters. He's not going to back against his countryman, is he? He's well, you don't know. We're going to wait. All right, all right, all right. Goodness gracious! If I didn't think if I didn't think he could win, I'd just say. But I think um, for me, Lee Selby beats um, Frampton. I think they're both great fighters and both technically great. Hmm. Um, but I think. Uh, Lee Selby's just a little bit got a little bit more um, uh, more in the bag than 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 Frampton. He's a lot bigger. Um, I'm I'm a lightweight now, and Selby's just as, as tall as me. I'm five foot nine. He's I'm sure he's about five foot eight, mm. five foot nine mm. himself, and that's a big featherweight. Yeah, he's um, a big old boy, isn't he? So yeah, mm. he's a he's a big boy, and um, he's long. He's long. He's, he is long for the for the weight. There's no question about yeah. it. Ridiculous yeah, he, and and they're both they're both technically as good as each other, but I just think Lee Selby's got that little bit more. You and Lee also have that kind of slight Mexican look as well, which I love. The Mexican look. Uh, <laughs> a few people have said that. Said you that. need to get yourself one of them little wispy tashes. That's what yeah. you need, man. Just a little no, wispy tash, top I, lip. I've, I've got one at the minute. I, I, used a, I used to have a proper thin one, and everyone was um, thinking I was Mexican or Spanish or something like that. Yeah. Listen, how um, you've obviously recently in the build-up to this uh, particular fight, um, you've been out in the states doing a little bit of training, spending a bit of time in Miami at Fifth Street. That must have been an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, the only thing that that um, we went out there, and I didn't expect. I didn't expect there to be no sparring. We went out there. Um, me. Um, Obviously, Martin Wood, yeah. Ted Cheeseman, Felix Cash, um, obviously our trainer, Tony. Uh, we went out there. We went to a, um, a gym in uh, in Delray Beach, which is Delray Boxing Club. Yeah. Um, and then we, we trained there for a couple of days. And the last couple of days, we went over to um, Fifth Street um, in Miami. And we went there. And surprisingly, they were saying to us on the, in the in the lead-up to going over there, you are this they're queuing up out the door for sparring. We got there and no one wanted to spar us. So, especially me and Martin, so me and Martin wore that to spar each other, which was a shame, but oh. um, we, we spar each other back home as well. So, we flew all the way out there to spar each other. But, nevertheless, it was um, a great trip. Um, trained hard out there. Um, got some good rounds, good running. Um, yeah, it was, uh, was an all-around good good trip. Top man. 
Listen, before we let you go, I, I've seen the video from Soccer AM. Have you seen what he did in, at Soccer AM? Was he it? singing Bread of Heaven? No, 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 no. No, no. The, like, listen, he might be extremely talented in the ring, this kid, right? But I'll tell you something, he can do a bit with the football Oh, as well. no, he's got great feet. I mean, it's got fantastic He could feet. do a bit with the football. He's put the, uh, listen, fly half, centre forward, he could do anything, this kid. Putting it in the top bin, mate, you must have that video on your social media. You must have pinged it round to all of your mates. Not everybody gets to put it in the top bin, Joe. Listen, ask Charlie Sims. <laughs> tweet Charlie Sims and ask it. Ask him, was that my first attempt? Get out! Said, I'm not having it. That's, that was attempt. what I was going to ask you. How many attempts? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was my first attempt. Oh mate! Tweet Charlie and tell and ask him. So you, you he'll, he'll tell you. So you, 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 you would have been decent scrum off, fly off, centre forward, midfield, yeah. yeah well, no, I was. Um, I was a left. I started off a striker at football, and then I moved to left wing because I was. Uh, for me, um, I could. Um, shoot cross with either foot so they put me on a left wing I could cut back in shoot my right foot okay, or cross so. with my left foot so um, I played left wing um, football and then I played scrum half and outside half at rugby there you go. He's, got, he's, 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 got he's got he's got the he's got lot, lot baby listen Joe we're looking forward to it mate week of Wednesday December the 13th you're going to say it super venue looking forward to you doing your thing man enjoy the rest of camp we'll see you down there at your call take care mate dragons brother <laughs> uh, you're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Stick around, plenty still to come. With me, Adam Castle and Gareth Day Davis, uh, we like to induct somebody into our very own Hall of Fame. Now, this isn't obviously the actual Hall of Fame; it's our very own Hall of Fame. And we put in people like Evander Holyfield and Riddick Ball over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and tonight, myself and Gareth came to the studios with two different angles for the Hall of Fame. And I started my argument with him. I said, "Listen, Miguel Cotto finishes his career tonight. Maybe, okay." He is a six-time world champion, four different weight categories. The only Puerto Rican to ever achieve this. Let's go through all the great fights that he's had down the years. And I started my monologue. I started my pitch for the Hall of Fame to induct Miguel Cotto. And he went, listen, whippersnapper, (laughs) hold your horses because I've got something for you. Go on, carry on. Well, look, Cotto might have beaten or, no, no, or no, fought no, Mayweather, on, Pacquiao, with, Sergio Martinez, your... Canelo Alvarez, That's my argument. Shane Mosley. You, you give me your argument. Zab Judah. <laughs> Antonio Margarito fought twice. Mm. Um, Ricardo Mayorga. No, you, listen, and he's retiring tonight, we understand. Alleged, fighting sad. Allegedly. No, man's man, never ducked anybody, mm. fought a who's who, mm. a nailed down Hall of Famer, but Adam. It's almost 70 years to the day. And we wish him well in New York tonight later yeah, against Saddam Ali. Mm. Uh, he's a huge favourite there. Um, just about 70 years ago tonight, um, Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber, mm-hmm. um, originally from Alabama, moved to Bottoms, a ghetto within a ghetto in Detroit. Um, 
His father had been, I think he was about 12 years old at the time. And Joe Lewis changed the face of boxing in the heavyweight division um, in America, but also for the African-American race in many ways. Um, he was instrumental in changing things. I mean, 1910, um, Jack Johnson, the first black heavyweight champion in the world, has had to pursue um, Tommy Burns to Australia to win a world title because the the, the quite abject racism that exists in America, it was a disgusting situation. Jack, John uh, Jack Johnson won the um, the world title. And, you know, he lost the world title eventually. He had to run away from America. He wasn't allowed to be with white women. He, he, he flaunted everything because he was br brash, he was brilliant, he was great. But between him reigning and Joe Lewis taking over as heavyweight champion of the world, there were eight white champions. And there were very talented black heavyweight boxers in that interim period who quite openly said to win if I go and fight in Madison Square Garden. They had to take the loss. There was an understanding. Mm. So it was a very peculiar situation. It's an interesting read because there's, there's, there's younger fans that are listening to this show right now. It would be odd for them to oh, even absolutely. understand I mean, any of And this. just listening to the, some of the words that you're using and the language that you're using, I mean, this, this, this was prevalent back in 1910, right through to the early 40s, 50s. Yeah, yeah. This was massive. Race was absolutely huge, especially in America. I mean, look at all the things that Muhammad Ali had to go through in order to yeah. get to where he went to. But this is pre. But this is this, this is, is even this, bigger. There, there weren't there weren't there weren't black stars in the sport absolutely. in sport at the time. There weren't black. Uh, blackness wasn't celebrated. Um, there's a great saying from one of the great writers at the time about Joe Lewis. He was a credit to his race the human race. Mm. And the thing is about Joe Lewis, what, what he did, I mean, for a start, in boxing terms alone, he was, the Ring magazine cited him in their estimation as the greatest uh, puncher of all time in the top, te top 100. He reigned, think about this, 1937 to 49, um, he reigned as the heavyweight champion of the world that that is an incredible feat. Twenty five or twenty six. My, my mind escapes me now. Title defenses. Look at what Vladimir Klitschko did. You know, twenty three, twenty four. In this era, mm. Joe Lewis was extraordinary. But what he also did at the time, which I think makes him a nailed down Hall of Famer as well, sociologically um, and in terms of the race barrier, is that. He changed something. We had the, the, the rise of Nazism and fascism in Europe at the time to broaden it out. And, you know, he beat, beat Primo Carnera uh, at a time when Mussolini was on the rise in Italy. Um, and, and he also, of course, lost first to Max Schmeling, the great German, who the Nazis, Joseph Goebbels and Adolf Hitler, celebrated that first victory when Max Schmeling beat Joe Lewis. Before before his runners, heavyweight champion of the world in 1936. And he was celebrated when he arrived back in Germany by those two figures who met him. Mm. It was as if Nazi Germany had beaten America and, and the races that existed there. When they fought again two years later, imagine this, Franklin D. Roosevelt and Adolf Hitler were both 
talking to the boxers, patting them on the back before they went to fight, sending them messages because it was seen as um, democracy, mm. the West against the rising yeah, yeah. tide of fascism and Nazism. Massive political undercurrent, yeah. Massive political undercurrent. When Joe Lewis went in that ring in 1938 and destroyed Schmeling in two minutes, the world celebrated. Mm. He got a telegram from Franklin D. Roosevelt. Um, the Germans shrunk away from it. The, the Nazis, rather than the Germans, the Nazis shrank, shrank away from it. And Joe Lewis changed the face of how blackness in that moment was seen in America. Well, he was seen as a genuine hero. Well, look how other sports stars were a bit able to break through off the back of that. The likes of your Jesse Owens and your, and your people like that. Yeah, um, you know, lots of guys came through afterwards. Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. and Willie Mays in baseball, Jim Brown in, in American football, and, and, and a whole line of, uh, of men afterwards. Obviously, then leading into the, into the 60s um, with Floyd Patterson, then Muhammad Ali in this great era we've spoken about and we will speak about many times. I mean, Ali even accused... Um, Joe Lewis of being an Uncle Tom, which is kind of colluding with white people at the time when black and white weren't together and unified, yeah. as I think we are more today, and I hope we are, and, and we certainly are in the sport. But the, the the thing is that Joe Lewis agreed to many things. You know, he agreed. He was very shy for a start. And he was a mummy's boy, as I mentioned earlier on in the piece uh, uh, tonight with, when James DeGale was in with us. And Joe Lewis was... The perfect guy, rather like Ali was in his era, Joe Lewis was the perfect guy at the perfect time to bring black and white America together under the banner of boxing and under the banner of democracy fighting mm. fascism with that Schmeling, those two Schmeling fights. It's, it's a fascinating history to look back at. And as you say, the younger listeners tonight, it, it's one of the great things about boxing is that it, it, it has often crossed over into deeper sociological and political and um and and in many ways um racial ties um it it, it didn't because it's people struggling for for survival joe lewis came out it's a metaphor for life isn't it 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 is a metaphor for life beautifully put yes and and joe lewis as as i think he's the greatest heavyweight of all time not the greatest um, the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time, not not the greatest figure of all time in boxing. I think that belongs to Muhammad Ali. But this guy had to be in the Hall of Fame. And and listen, Miguel Cotto is going to follow very soon <laughs> because we both believe that Miguel Cotto might be tempted back out of retirement next year to maybe fight again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we might get an opportunity next year to stick him in there. But I'm with you on that. Superb. Uh, that is our inductee to tonight's Hall of Fame. Uh, on fight night here on TalkSport. Hope you enjoyed that. There's a little bit of history there. And obviously, only in 10, 15 minutes, we can't necessarily cover everything uh, that Joe Lewis did achieve throughout his career. We encourage you to maybe do a little bit of research yourself on uh, the internet, whether it by, via watching videos on YouTube or do a little bit of reading because there's loads of literature on Joe Lewis in the life and times yeah. of him and how he did not necessarily just affect the inside of the ring, but how his legacy transcended and changed lives outside of the ring as well. Uh, stick around because uh, myself and Gareth are here through till midnight and we've got lots to talk about in the world of boxing and in the world of mixed martial arts as well because there's a big car going on uh, tonight, UFC 218, which we'll get stuck into in a minute. Still Snoop Dogg and D.I. Guess who's black? Still. Still doing this. Andre. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, this is Fight Night. You are uh, listening to Talk Sport. We're here every single 
Saturday night. Now, we don't just uh, delve into the world of boxing, which which we're we're conscious of this because we know full well that you're probably more familiar uh, with the world of boxing. But we're also aware that there are people uh, that are big fans of the world of mixed martial arts, as we are. Well, if your Nan's listening now, I know she's a huge UFC fan. She doesn't like boxing, so that's completely not true, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Your Uh, Nan loves a bit of UFC, doesn't she? can't, Can't get enough. Absolutely can't get enough. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, this weekend, funnily enough, over in the States, it is uh, kind of a doubleheader. It's International Fight Week. Tough has finished uh, last night, uh, which is the ultimate fighter. It's a competition. Which... First women's flyweight champion for the UFC. There you go. So it was a very weak tournament, actually. It was an extremely weak tournament. Yeah. Weak but, TV but, you know, show as well this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and in the early hours of Sunday morning, not so far away from where we're at right at this moment in time, there will be uh, UFC 218. There will be a couple of fights in there that we're all going to get stuck in there and enjoy. Um, and one of which involves one of my favourite heavyweights on the planet right at this moment in time, who's got such an interesting story, yeah, Francis yeah, Ngannou. Yeah. For those that have not heard of him, and if you're not into the mixed martial arts or the UFC in particular, just go and do a bit of research on Francis Ngannou. This is a guy from France, uh, a country which has banned mixed via martial Cameroon. arts. Yeah, via via Cameroon. Yeah, via Cameroon. Yeah. But in France, they don't necessarily allow you to participate in mixed martial arts. Well, it's because judo has such a massive lobby there, and mm. it's such a strong sport that, that they found it hard to impugn the sport into the kind of sporting infrastructure in France. And, and, and judo has such a, a huge, we talk about politics and sport, has such a huge lobby, and it's, it's one of the mainstays of, I think they've got something like 250,000 people that do judo actively. Mm. It's a very, very large number anyway. So politically, um, for the likes of people like uh, Mr. Amasu, who's a old friend of mine who has been trying to get mixed martial arts there for many years, Bernard Amasu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'll know Bernard. He's very well known in the, in the, in the fight world. Um, they will get there eventually. There'll eventually be a UFC event or a Bellator event in, in Paris, you know, with Czech Congo and the like. Um, but at the moment, there's no chance. So as you say, he's had to fight outside his country mm. for, for most of his career. He's 35 already. Um, he, he, he avoided being in gangs from where he grew up. He's only been doing this for four years eh? yeah he's a he's a very brilliant striker um he's got very dangerous uppercuts he's he's he this is a real step up for him in uh, in where were detroit or chicago tonight detroit, yeah. detroit the little caesar's arena of course yeah, yeah um this is a massive step up for him against alistair overham of who apart from you know alistair overham came into the ufc four years ago having won every other heavyweight title it was in, unbelievable in, K1. in kickboxing and k1 he's you know He's, he was the equivalent at one time of Mike Tyson in, in, in kickboxing and MMA, well, that's why a the wrecking Fet- ball. That's why the Fatitas went to him, because they saw this guy in K1 absolutely yeah. smashing everybody to bits and thought, yeah. there's our heavyweight champion, let's go and get him and bring him over. But it's not necessarily kicked off for him in the UFC. No, it hasn't. Well, I mean, you say that, Ad, I, I think, you know, apart from the one defeat to... St- I mean, he, he didn't look great, first of all, when he came over 2014. Apart from the one defeat to the current or incumbent heavyweight UFC champion Stipe Miocic I think he's won six mm. he's done he's done what he needed to do but I think right now it's why I just favour Overeem in this fight tonight. do you? do I, you? well I, I if you look on experience of course of course yeah if you, the thing is with heavyweight MMA and again you, you, you were talking to people talking to those who perhaps don't know the sport Mixed martial artists wear four-ounce gloves. The, the smaller the glove, the more dangerous your hands are because you hit harder and you, and you hit heavier. Mm. The bigger the gloves, the more protected the person is when you're hitting them. These guys wear four-ounce gloves. They're 265-pound men. Mm. They don't get much bigger than this. Mm. People, I mean. <laughs> and, and a jab from a heavyweight mixed martial artist can change a fight. Alistair Overeem 
has looked very relaxed in the octagon, the, the UFC fighting arena for the last couple of fights. If he gets his body kicks going and mm-hmm. his leg kicks going, mm-hmm. he is brilliant from range. Kickboxing is his speciality. Uh, Naganu may struggle, but if Naganu can walk through those kicks and close the range, I think I'll just knock him out with an uppercut. But I do favour marginally Alistair Overeem to do it tonight. Mm. Uh, the story of Nganu is just absolutely unbelievable. Do some research on it, do a little bit of Googling. I mean, the kid was homeless uh, in Cameroon, yeah. uh, fought his way out yeah. of Cameroon to obviously France, where we've just been discussing yeah. that it's banned the, the sport. And now he's living in Vegas, he's over there applying his trade. He learned st- street fighting from his father that was a street fighter. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, earning Coins for street fights. Yeah, yeah. For those quite, that have watched a lot and, of Kimball Slice videos, then, exactly. Yeah, very similar to that. And, and you know, in 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 Africa, um, when when the guys fight as well in the street, sometimes they use um, um, crushed cartons, yeah, yeah. little drink cartons, yeah, and yeah. wrap those around their it's hands like, with rope. Have you, ever for, seen, for, have you ever seen Hot Shots? The film. No, I haven't. It's, no, it's like no. it's like that Charlie Sheen Hot Shots film where they dip uh, their hands in uh, midget gems and then a uh, bit of broken glass and all that type oh. of stuff. It is like that where they've got a little bit of glue on the old wraps. And, that sounds uh, terrible. It does, well, dangerous. It, it I mean, extremely <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, uh, but that's what it's like, and that's where he has come from. He's only been in the game for years, and tonight he's got a fantastic shot on Overeem. I think the winner of that goes on to fight Steve Amir. No question. For, for no question about that. Well, I think it is the number one, the number four in the division yeah, rankings. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk more about that card tonight because of course, the, come on. Top, man. I mean, the There's top, some belters on there. Oh, I mean, it, you know, I mean, the lightweight. I mean, let's mention Conor McGregor because it's been a funny old week for Conor McGregor. I mean, I have to be careful what I say here because there's a lot of things floating around Conor McGregor at the moment. You know, he, he was fined for speeding and, he, you know, he, he made a court appearance this week. He's made yeah. some very cryptic Instagram messages. There's talk about him being in trouble with certain people in Ireland that, you know, that are, that are kind of heavy, if you like, that he that he's upset people. I wrote a column this week, Adam, and, 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 and it kind of applies to Tyson Fury as well in some ways, if I can wrap him into this. These guys, we love them because they're brilliant fighters. Mm. They delight, entertain, excite, and thrill us mm-hmm. because this sport you don't play. You, you, you sacrifice, you fight, you give everything. And that's why we love these fighters. That's why we, 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 we you and I, you know, we, we are fans, yes, but we're, we're fight intellectuals. These people delight us because of what they're capable of. Connor needs to get back into the gym and into the octagon and have a fight. He hasn't fought in an octagon for 13 months. And the guy he did beat to, to win the title, Eddie Alvarez, in New York last year, yep. is fighting Justin Gaethje, Gaethje. Or Gaethje, however you say it. Gaethje, call him whatever you wish. He's (laughs) from a small... I've I've interviewed him. He's a fantastic man. He's from a small mining town in America with a population of 10,000. I think he's a twin as well. Um, All his family work in the mine. Um, and he he's the first to go to college, and he because he was a wrestler, he learnt he, he found mixed martial arts. He's an absolute zombie as a fighter. He you knock him down, he gets up. You knock him down, he keeps coming. And you know he, he says I'm having six or eight more fights, and I'm going back to be a social worker from where I'm from. He's a brilliant man. He's tough as nails. Undefeated. Undefeated. I think he'd give Conor McGregor nightmares, frankly, but. He and Eddie Alvarez oh. could be in one of the fights of the year, if not one of the greatest fights of all time over 15 minutes. I'm, t- I'm tipping it, in, in, I'm yeah, tipping that to be the fight yeah. of the night tonight. The, 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 the danger for Gage is that Eddie Alvarez is like a wound, dangerous as a wounded tiger. Mm. He's got some very dangerous shots in him when he's very hurt. And Gage is... It's fearless when he attacks people, and he could get knocked out by a big counterpunch off the off the octagon wall. But it's going to be a barnstormer. But at the top of the card, yeah. 
Jose Aldo gets his opportunity with Frankie Edgar injured to win back. He's one, he's the greatest featherweight in mixed martial arts no of question. all time. Not Conor McGregor isn't. Jose Aldo is, no even question. though Conor McGregor beat him. Because it's about longevity. It's about pound for poundness. Um, his fight with Max Holloway is going to be tough, I think, tonight. Holloway took the title off him in June. The Hawaiian is a brilliant young fighter. For me, the most one of the most improved fighters in the world over the last two years in since, any... Since Conor beat him, yes. Yeah, since Conor beat him, exactly, yeah. in Boston that night, maybe three, three and a half years ago. Yeah. But blessed MMA, as he's known as um, Max Holloway, he's, he's six foot tall. He's, he it's fights at 145 pounds. He's long. He's As Bruce Lee used to say, it's not how you punch, it's how you counterpunch that counts. He's a brilliant counterpuncher, light on his feet. And I think in, in mixed martial arts, Styles wins you fights. Yeah. You know, A beats B, B beats C, C beats A in MMA, if I can say that. I've said it before <laughs> and I'll say it again. But it's what happens. And he's got the style to beat Jose Aldo every day. And for me, he wins. I don't know about you, what you think? I think Max Holloway is the best at this moment in time in this particular way. Stops Aldo again? I think he does, yeah. Yeah, I think two or does. three rounds. I'm surprised that Aldo's got a shot again so quickly after being well, stopped first time around. I'd have gone Cub Swanson, if I'm honest, for that title shot. But, yeah, that's a good shout. But I can understand why Aldo has got it because yeah. of his longevity of being the greatest in this particular weight category. No question about that. I'm looking forward to it tonight. And Connor. Connor's got to get back, hasn't he? We have to get him back. Yeah, we have to yeah, get him back. Yeah. I want to get him in there with Tony Ferguson. That's what I want to get him in there. Yeah, but we'll, yeah. we'll, you know, Connor's Connor and Connor will decide. Or Oscar De La Hoya or Paulie <laughs> Malignaggio. All of them. All of them. Why not? Well, Why not? Well, hopefully, when you're in the states next, you can ask Oscar whether he is going to get it on with uh, with Connor, and we can uh, get that as an exclusive. It's, on fight it's, night. it's like you deciding I'm not going to talk for a year, taking a vow of silence when you're a radio presenter. I need to make a few quid, mate. That would, that won't happen. The bills won't get paid, would they? You know. Um, if you are not necessarily a UFC or MMA fan, I encourage you maybe to get that on record or watch that in the early hours of the morning. Yeah. It is on BT Sport. You can have a little it's bit of It's the best card of the year so far, I well, think. Well, 217 was brilliant. 217 was absolutely sensational. Yeah, but for the storylines. But this, in terms of matchups, this is the best main card I think I've seen for a very long I think, time. I think you know? Gechi Alvarez could be the fight of the year. Yeah. There's Sergio Pettis and Henry Cejudo, which we're not going to talk That's about now. There's a, I think Tisha Torres is on there. There's, there's some great fights. Anyway. There is. There is. Uh, go and have a bit of a check of it out because we'll probably be reviewing it on next week's show, all right? So make sure you stick around. If you've only just joined us by by the way, this is available as a podcast. Make sure you subscribe to it. We'll stick the links all over our social medias. Uh, you'll have it by Monday morning. So if you're, uh, you've just tuned into it, you think, you know, this would be brilliant for my commute on a Monday. It'll be there for you. I love this. Team Naganu, your favourite fighter. Yeah. Tonight, he tweets, we dine in hell. That's it, man. That's, That's the it. one. Big Frank. Big Frank's going. <laughs> he, he's going to the Octagon in style tonight. Stick around because we've got Culture Corner coming up before the end of the show. Uh, now, every single week on the show, we like to uh, transcend the ring or the octagon and delve into the world of real culture, whether that be music, whether that be movies, whether that be literature, and there is no finer man to discuss those things than my very established colleague, Gareth A. Davis. Now, today you've got a cracker for us, haven't you? Because you've just been giving us a little bit of a stat of the amount of times compared to every other sport that boxing has been featured in a film. It's been a deep night, Adam. Let's get deeper. Come on. It's, and, and, and Culture Corner is that moment when all our listeners put their knives and forks down. In the traffic jams, they turn up the music. And they listen 
because this is the moment. You sound like you're making love to him through the microphone. The, the, That's well, what you're well, doing. We, we are. We love our listeners, and this is the moment. Maybe, maybe all right. Don't get too close. Because to them, there have been ten times. <laughs> there have been ten times as many movies made about boxing than any other sport, and there's a reason because you play other sports. You do boxing. You endure boxing. You survive boxing. The dark underbelly, the adversity, the personal depth of the journey that people make in the sport is what brings us to it. It's not just the fight itself. It's, it's everything around it. And, and, and Culture Corner tonight, I would like to include... Um, there have been so many great boxing movies... Great directors have come to the sport, come to the movies. John Huston, Martin Scorsese, Raging Bull were listening mm. to the to, to one of the or the theme tune from it. Um, King Vidor, Robert Wise, and Robert Wise made a movie in 1939. And I would urge people to go and read this poem. It was made from a poem by Joseph Moncure March, who wrote a narrative length, book length poem about the setup, and it's about a boxing match. And it's about a guy having to throw a fight and he refuses to throw the fight. And he gets beaten up by gangsters afterwards outside. But him and his love know they've had the victory that night by not succumbing to the forces of the mob. And it was made into a film in 1949, a film noir by Robert Wise. Um, and uh, I, it, it just delights me that, you know, a, a lot of movies we're going to talk about in Culture Corner because... They really resonate with the public. They really resonate with, with people's stories. Why do you think that is? Is that because, as I mentioned earlier on, that metaphor for life, people's struggles, coming from nothing to try and achieve something, fight. It's, it's every, whether it is fighting with your fists or just fighting through a struggle, it kinda, they're kind of synonymous with each other, aren't they? Love stories, stories about adversity, stories of people's struggles are what make the great narratives for movies it's yeah. what make movies it's what makes movies resonate with with the people and lets them stand the test of time you know i mean i i want to mention other movies now but i want to include them in culture corner on other days like on the waterfront set you know marlon brando one of his great performances written by bud schulberg um who i was quoting from some of this um you know schulberg one of the great writers on boxing over the years because you know boxing is also i think i mentioned on previous shows it drew it drew inspired writers to the sport it drew ernest hemingway i mentioned yeah. him last week it, you know it drew norman mailer it drew it, it, it there's something special about it sometimes you feel like when you've when you've covered big fights and you're in big fights you know you were there in cardiff a couple of weeks ago the atmosphere it transports you mm. it's someone's journey you know anthony joshua was this kid who, you know, was on the wrong side of the law. He could have been in prison. He was violent. He was violent. Whatever anyone says, he's got spiteful violence inside himself. But he's also got this big, lovable, gigantic personality, you know, and a physique to die for. Um, and, you know, following those journeys, seeing how people progress is fascinating. Um, and I think that's what, that's what makes great movies as I headbutt the microphone. That's what makes great movies, because it's people's lives, and they are, they are laid bare in this sport of boxing and in fight sports.
Beautifully put, my friend. Beautifully put. Now, to finish off the show, we've only got a few minutes left. I just want to go through uh, some of the uh, news points uh, from the world of boxing that may have skipped people's attention throughout the course uh, of the week. Um, if you are on social media, probably the uh, highlight of my week was seeing uh, Tyson Fury and Ricky Hatton uh, bare-chested, bare-bellied, looking a bit like Stavros Flatley uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Britain's Got Talent. But it's great to see those two, I think, working together. Both, I think, can learn so much off each other and both can give so much to each other. Are you anticipating, Gareth, maybe a little bit further down the line that there might be uh, a little bit of a team-up between those two gentlemen? Well, I, you know, I, I mean, having seen, the, having seen those, um, you know, um, like you say, the, the the I call them the belly shots. Yeah, they're belly <laughs> shots this week. They're, they're big belly shots. I mean, they were clearly having fun together. And yeah. I think, you know, Tyson Fury, we've, we mentioned it last week and we mentioned it the week before. He's got his hearing coming up with UK anti-doping. It means he's motivated again. It means he's got a lifeline in his mind. He knows there's a chance that he could be applying for a license in the early new year. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's if there's a resolution with UK anti-doping in his case with them, um, and and applying for a license means the opportunity to prove himself again. Um, he's already lost a couple of stone, as Ricky was saying. Uh, Ricky Hatton was saying, um, and I think I think with Ricky and Tyson, I think Ricky went through a lot. Um, he went through depression. We know he went through suicidal moments. Um, he's come around. He was a very big name himself. You know, he had a very similar thing to Tyson Fury where, you know, he had his Costa Zou moment, the great Everest in his career when he beat yeah. this guy Costa Zou, who no one thought he would beat, who was in the top three pound for pound at the time. And then Ricky went on this extraordinary run of fights in America where he earned a lot of money. But he didn't feel as fulfilled. Mm. And Tyson Fury's going through that. Um, so I think there's a there, there's a kind of probably a mutual understanding and a resonance there. You know, I think Ricky might have gone through some mental health issues as well. So I think there's a resonance there. And what I most liked seeing about both of them this week was they're having fun together. Mm. You know, and they're both very funny men as well. No, you know, hopefully, very we get, funny. Hopefully, we get to see more of that um, uh, in the not too distant future. Just quickly as well, some other things that uh, to look out for this week. I mentioned Kel Brook. Uh, we're anticipating uh, an announcement regarding his next fight at 154 pounds at some point this week. We're also anticipating Belluhair two, a new date for that. That's supposed to be coming this week as well. Um, also, the bit one of the big stories from the week that kind of transcends the sport a little bit. Uh, we've only got a minute left, so let's quickly delve into Anthony Joshua being named for Sports Personality of the Year. It's always good to see fight sports recognised and why not the big man after that fantastic night in April against Vladimir Klitschko I think he I think he deserves a little bit of a tick listen I hope Chris Froome doesn't win it I hope um, (laughs) I hope Andy Murray doesn't win it and I hope um, who's the other one in the running Um, Lewis Hamilton nah not for you. No, big. You're going for the big man, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I am. I, I, but Harry, well, we, Kane. We Harry Kane. Oh God, come on! <laughs> Goodness <laughs> sake. The the only other person that should win it is Bianca Walkton, the British taekwondo fighter. Good effort. Yeah, there you go. The, 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 Gareth has spoken. All right. So if you are voting on uh, the sports personality of the year, there is only one man to be voting for, and that is Big Josh. Congratulations to him uh, for being recognised uh, amongst uh, the twelve elite sports people. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, being with you tonight hope you've enjoyed it if you only just joined us you missed james the a little earlier on this show will be available as a podcast uh, check all our social medias for that link which you can have bright and early monday morning we'll catch you next time 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.